Cinco de Drinko. I think it's Cinco de Mayo. That's what I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hola, and welcome back, everybody, to the Gin and Thomas podcast. I am your host, Thomas, and uh, you know what we do here on the show. Every week, we uh, are joined by a very special guest. This week, we have a volcanologist local to Mexico, and you are actually currently studying the tequila volcano is that correct right from what i understand it's also surrounded by a field of blue agaves how would you rate your commute to and from work having to trek through a spiky wasteland not wasteland but spiky uh terrain five blue agaves five blue agaves (laughs) not too bad not too good but all right everybody so this is our cinco de drinco cinco de mayo episode um which is tomorrow today a uh, day of release is the eve of such a great holiday and you know it's i don't really know too much about how it's we're actually going to get into this a little bit but i don't know too much about how big of a deal it is in mexico but here in america it is a big big drinking holiday go figure and we're just hitting it with a staple drink the margarita as one should. As one should. So let's uh, let's get the taste test going here right off the bat. Wow. Mm, we did it really well, I think. That was indeed a margarita. Ooh, gosh. That salt is good. And I want to say this. This is a twist on a margarita because I don't think all these things are normally in here. It's a... I, well, the, the, this rest... All right, so I'll go through... My, you can you can look up what a margarita is supposed to be, but I think this is just a real one and not made one with mix. But So this is from okay. liquor.com. We have two ounces of Blanco tequila, a half ounce of orange liqueur. We use uh, Contro or triple sec, right? Uh, one ounce of lime juice, freshly squeezed, a half ounce of agave syrup, garnished with a lime wheel. We have a lime wedge. And then uh, we rimmed the glass with some salt. and The, the big, delicious uh, rock salt. Yeah, like the big flaky salt. Um, but I, speaking of salt and margaritas, I was at a uh, Cardinals game recently when the Cardinals were playing the Diamondbacks. Hmm. The the day we lost, not the day we beat them. Um, um, who's the, we? The Cardinals. Okay. Um, I had my Cardinals hat and jersey and everything. But um, the person I was there with, she got a margarita, and the salt just gave me this really bad bitter aftertaste. Okay. Like it wasn't fresh salt. Well, I don't, I don't know how, I mean, how old fresh is salt? Salt's like, can be thousands of years old, but like, I mean, it was just salt sits around for a while and absorbs a bunch of, you know, water. It can be kind of gross, you know what I'm saying? Well, um, yeah, but I don't know. It was just bitter and I don't know. There's a lot of things. And what's great about, um, this margarita is this is such like a good staple drink and a good summer drink. By yeah, the way. there are so many variations on this, and more than just being like it's a strawberry margarita. Like so many different kinds of ingredients. You can do mezcals, or you know, and then different kind of agave things and different orange liqueurs and all that. So very excited that we have this drink set. So now we can go into other things. But before we even start talking about other variations, sorry, what's up? Um, did you say what kind of tequila we used? Oh, we used your El Trago. Yeah, it's we my used, favorite tequila yeah. nowadays. Um, been drinking a lot of that actually, especially for the price. Oh yeah, and it's then, a good tequila. Like no matter what, but for the price, I think it's a great deal. I looked up um, a regular margarita mm-hmm. recipe, just like an easy, quote yeah. unquote easy. Um, one and a half ounces of blanco tequila, one ounce lime juice, and half ounce agave nectar. Oh, okay. So not all of them have orange liqueur then. Right. I don't know. I mean, I like it better with it. I mean, Contro is French, and I know a lot of margarita um, recipes call for that. So I wonder at what stage that was introduced. But I, I think it's a great touch. Um, I was a little... I. So the Contro, is that triple sec? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because when you said the dry, dry curacao... It, it's just asking for um, orange liqueur. Right. Um, cause when I think of both of those, I think orange, not necessarily, I didn't necessarily tie triple sec into that, but I guess those are triple sec is orange. I guess those, that's what it is. So, and, and then there's blue, uh, um, there's like, I saw one, it was like the blue wave margarita uses blue curacao, but I mean, right. blue curacao is good for turning things blue, but I don't really like, I'm not dying for the taste of it. It's not bad by any means, but if I want, if, but if something's going to have like, no, it has to have that like orange in it i want to go for the contro or the dry curacao i do like the contro i like it a lot it's a i think it's a little sweeter remind us it is expensive right 
relatively speaking. Relative. It's it's uh it's like a thirty. It's probably the most expensive thing in this. Yeah, it's thirty five to forty dollars bottle, depending yeah, on how crazy. big of a bottle you get. Um, I don't know, but I, I like it, and I think this would have been good with the dry curacao as well. But yeah, Contra is good. But you know what? With a dry curacao, I don't like my margaritas to be dry. I like them to be moist. Yeah, I'd like there to be some liquid in there. But I think the dry curacao, um, I don't know. I mean, that would be interesting to try someday, see if it See how different it, it gets, yeah. Overall, our uh, uh, drink here, I think it has a great color. And one thing I like about this, as opposed to the uh, margarita mixers, it's not like neon. This looks like a right. drink with lime juice in it. Right. Go to the Instagram and check out the picture. It doesn't look like the neon mm-hmm. drink mix that you see at the store. Yeah, and the salt is good. The taste is really well balanced, I think. So liquor.com has always come through with the good recipes, I think. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to go with an eight blue agaves on this one. Mm. I really like, like you said, dude, it's just now that the weather is warming up, like a nice 90 degree day, dude. This with one of those Bandito cigars. I'm going to say 15 Sugar Skulls. Oh, those are good. Have you ever had those? So good. Yo, no. you must have. You haven't? What no. about when you were in Mexico for Day of the Dead? No. I thought those were just decoration. No, candy skulls are candy. You can eat well, them. candy skull. I, They're made out of sugar. Yeah, all right. Um, and then there's a an arena football team. Like It's the uh, Tucson Sugar Skulls. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a cool mascot. Yeah, no. It's, uh, you know... Tucson isn't like so cool, but no, but that's a cool mascot yeah, for well, for uh, any sport team. Yeah, I agree. So, um, you know how we do it here? We like to go into oh, uh, I, really quick before you get into that. Um, are you a lime wheel or a lime wedge kind of guy? Lime wedge, a lot easier to uh, squeeze in. Okay, okay. The lime wheel, in my opinion, looks a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I agree with you; it's a lot easier to squeeze the lime wedge into the drink. Yeah. Um, yeah, simple as that. I mean, those dehydrated lime wheels are pretty cool. We should, like, start making those dehydrated wheels and use those as garnishes. I think uh, somebody we know is looking into getting a dehydrator, so. I have a vacuum sealer. I don't think that's the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I kind of feel like we're doing a bit of a short review, but it's just kind of good. I mean, it's a margarita. Yeah, what what it, else it, is there there's to not say? Really, like, it's the it, taste also, of a margarita. I don't it's, know. Just not, it's just not the hyper-sweet version of a margarita. I don't know if we said this, but we just have it on the rocks. Oh, yeah, on the rocks, not blended. I don't like the blended. Um, I, the, traditionally, I do, but as of late, I've kind of got more on the rocks. Yeah. You know? Well, because I feel like the rocks lets the drink speaks for itself a little more. Um, and there was an interview on the podcast Ologies, the Mixology episode. I forgot the guy's name, but they were interviewing him. And he made a really good point that if you're making, like, a tequila drink, it should be on the rocks. But if you're doing like, but if you want to do it blended, you should use a mezcal because oh. the mezcal's like smokiness helps hold up the flavor a little better. Okay. Because tequila can kind of get washed out with the um, sure when it's um when it's blended and starts really getting watered down. Well, maybe that's why a lot of people order theirs um, blended because then they don't have to taste their shit tequila. Maybe. And I just I don't or know. Or if don't, they don't like the taste of tequila. But I also just don't like the super cold. You know what I mean? get a brain freeze you're eating a slushy mm-hmm. yeah i get up and then you're like left with that super watery at the bottom yeah but anyway um yeah just good i like it i like it a lot too so um this is from tastingtable.com and it is the origin of the margarita which turns out to be not very straightforward you don't say it's a bit shrouded in mystery it's a lot of things on this just, well, just like anything, it's just like, oh, I invented this. Uh, no, I did. You know, right, right. And I mean, and the the appearances, the first appearances are all from like the 1930s, so mm-hmm. it's not like there's a video of it, right? So uh, a little bit of the history here, again from Tasting Table. It says, according to Vine Pear, the earliest claim someone has made to invented the margarita was in 1938 by Carlos Danny Herrera. He owned the restaurant Rancho La Gloria in Tijuana, Mexico. He claimed to have created the drink for a dancer, Marjorie King, who couldn't drink any liquor apart from tequilas. Since she didn't enjoy tequila neat, Herrera threw together the ingredients used for a tequila shot, salt, and lime juice to create an early version of the margarita. Others who claim the invention uh, dated later by as much as 10 years, but the truth is that the margarita existed before 1938, too. In fact, it may have been uh, invented by an Irish man. <laughs> I'll fight any man. 
Yeah, it was Brandon on um, St. Patrick's Day is when he invented this. Another American drinking holiday. <laughs> yeah. So um, as Vine Pear explains, the margarita was most likely not created by a Mexican because there wasn't really a cocktail, cult- cocktail culture in the country at the time. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all likelihood, the drink was probably invented by an Irish, name, M- Irish man named Madden, like John Madden? In Steve 1936, uh, that's when the first uh, the first mention of a tequila daisy, a riff on a brandy-based drink that dates back to Victorian times, came out in a newspaper story. Um, but I'm, I'm going to get back to that in a second. But margarita means daisy in Spanish, I'm pretty sure. Oh. And so a daisy is like, you know how like the, there, there's the sidecar, but then it's like similar to all those other ones we had? Yep. And so I guess like the daisy is like that. And so this is like gotcha. a tequila daisy, right? So gotcha. that's, I believe, where the the name margarita comes from. Because every website I checked, they were like tequila daisy. Yeah. So no matter what, it's like a riff on that. Well, and then it's like, it's basically comes down to who coined the name first. Yeah. I'm sure they've been making it forever, but then it's like, well, this guy named it first. So... That's where it came from. So I have one more paragraph here. Uh, While traveling in Mexico during the United States Prohibition era, 1920 to 1933, uh, the newspaper editor sought out a bar to get a drink, and that's where he met the bartender, Mr. Madden, who explained that he accidentally picked up the wrong bottle when making a daisy for a customer one day. However, Madden lucked out. The customer loved the tequila version uh, of the drink so much that he told all of his friends, and the word soon spread around about the new cocktail. According to Liquor.com, the only difference between a daisy and a margarita, or a tequila daisy, as it was once known, is the use of tequila instead of brandy. Oh, so if you just swap the liquors, then it becomes a daisy? Yeah, so hold on. And so, where is it here? Okay, and so, what the hell? Oh, I just want the regular daisy. Okay, and so uh, a daisy cocktail, which looks like it might be from, like, 1866. You know what I mean? Jesus. Um, That's when, like, the original daisy, I guess, was kind of made about. But so it was one and one half ounces of a base spirit, vodka, rum, gin, whiskey, brandy. It doesn't have to be brandy. Mm -hmm. But, um... And then one half ounce of lemon juice, one half ounce of Contro, and some sparkling water. Okay. Um, but that, that might just be their riff of it. But yeah, so it's like your base, some, oh, and then it says sugar syrup. So it's, you know, it's been your base, salt, lime, something sweet in there. Okay. I get it. Yeah. But pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty good staple for a drink. I mean, almost every cocktail, like kind of like a good example of this is like the daiquiri. It's like two parts liquor, one part sweet, one part sour. That's like the basis for almost any cocktail. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then everything else is just like a riff on that almost. And that's what you can see in a lot of recipes. I mean, this is like two ounce of tequila and then it is, and this isn't even super um, tequila forward. Even. Right. But a lot of times it'll be like Two ounce tequila, one ounce agave syrup, one ounce lime juice, and that would make a pretty basic margarita. Well, I think um, the reason this doesn't taste so strong is the uh, the tequila we're using is that really great agave yeah. forward tequila that kind of blends into anything really well. Even shots of that stuff doesn't make me go like, blah. Well, yeah, I mean, generally when people take shots of tequila, it's like, well, tequila. Yeah. And so, Brandon, we learned a little bit about the margarita, but how about we learn a little bit about the day itself, if that's okay with you? Please. Or do you want me to talk about this later? I've been waiting for this. Oh, okay. All right. So, Cinco de Mayo, pronounced Cinco de Mayo, uh, is Mexican Spanish, or no, in Mexico, is Spanish for the 5th of May, a yearly celebration held on May 5th, which commemorates the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862 led by General Ignacio Zaragoza. So this isn't to be confused with Mexico's Independence Day? No, that's a completely separate holiday. I think that's in September. I think a lot of people get that confused. Oh, yeah, a lot of people do. But it is a political holiday. Um, It is observed by Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, and people of non-Mexican heritage. You don't say. Yeah, the celebrations include parades, food, music, folklore, dancing, battle reenactments, frequency, yearly. (laughs) 
So this is from Wikipedia.com. Um, Thanks, the, Wikipedia, you son of a bitch. The victory over the French army was a morale boost for the Mexicans. Zaragoza died months after the battle from an illness, and a larger French force ultimately defeated the Mexican army at the Second, Debel, Second Battle of Puebla and occupied Mexico City. However, following the end of the American Civil War in 1865, the United States began loaning money and guns to Mexican liberals, pushing France and Mexican conservatives to the edge of defeat. Uh, at the opening of the French chambers in January 1866, Napoleon III announced that he would withdraw French troops from Mexico. Hold on. We have a French liqueur in this drink? Oh my god. Blasphemy. Is, is that like a tea bag on the French? Or is that like a... It's like, not only did we kick your ass at this battle, but we you... took your booze and put it in our drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope that's what it is. Otherwise, it's just like, maybe we shouldn't have put French liqueur in here. Uh, so a little more here. Uh, more popular in the United States than in Mexico, Cinco de Mayo has become associated with the celebration of Mexican-American culture. Celebrations began in California when they've been observed annually since 1863. Uh, Cinco de Mayo generates beer sales on par with the Super Bowl. Wow. wow. That's a lot. Uh, and then the Beer sales. Not tequila sales. Uh, well, beer sales. In America, it's all that Bud Light. Um, well. Or Tecate Light, maybe. Well, maybe they should go for more of a Mexican beer, but. Or, I mean, in America, they're probably going to buy them American beer. They're more probably more concerned with getting trash uh the city of puebla marks the event with various festivals and reenactments of the battle which is so cool i would i would honestly like to get into battle reenactments or maybe just watch because it's like i went to the constitution day fair uh, in arizona on the south side (laughs) no but i went to the constitution day fair in um arizona one year and they had like these uh war reenactors but it was the the revolution america versus whatever and Mm -hmm. i was like man you get those are some cool outfits, man. They get to shoot cannons. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Or. I mean, I would do it once and then be like, that was fun. <laughs> I wouldn't like. Okay. I wouldn't be like, ah, baby, where's my musket? Okay. All right. All right. And then, uh, I don't know. There's, uh, there's like a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of history to the holiday, but it's mostly like most of the stuff written here is like, you know, in the local areas, they, uh, it's a point of pride of, of the, the town and doing this and that. And it's like America, uh, they we just like getting drunk. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. I mean, and so hold on here. Um, and then it says right here, you know, Cinco de Mayo is sometimes mistaken for Mexico's independence day. The most important national holiday in Mexico, which is celebrated on September 16th, commemorating this, uh, the cry of Dolores in 1810, which in- initiated the war of Mexican independence from Spain. Cinco de Mayo has been referenced and featured in entertainment media and has been become increasingly global celebration of Mexican culture, cuisine, and heritage. And I love Mexican stuff. Um, when yeah, I was in Arizona, too. ate a ton of Mexican food. And then out here in St. Louis on Cherokee Street has, like, the best yeah. Mexican food. Um, so it would be nice if Cinco de Mayo was a bit more of, like, a Mexican culture celebration. But, you know. Yeah, some people just go to a bar and order a Corona and call it good. Mm-hmm. Which Corona, worst Mexican beer there is. But yeah, but I mean, I don't. That's besides the point. I would love to get a little more into like Mexico stuff for the Mexican uh, Independence Day. I think that'd be a lot of fun to get into because um, there's uh, there are other Mexican cocktails that I'd like to try as well. So I don't well, know. Pretty interesting. We have stuff. still yet to do a mezcal. Yeah, exactly. And mezcal has a deep, deep like that's like the craft beer of tequila. So I'm really, really excited to get. It into generally, that. has a the, it's where the worm started from. I believe so. There's a really good episode on a show, um, and I, he goes back to Mexico quite a bit. Um, I've been trying to think of the name of the show. Oh, I think it's uh, Feed Phil. Uh-huh. Uh, he's one of the creators of Everybody Loves Raymond, I believe. Okay. And he's kind of, I think he's a comedian also. Yeah. Um, but he travels around and eats a bunch of food. And what, some of his favorite places are like Oaxaca, Mexico, and like Mexico City. Like, those episodes are really good. I would love to visit Mexico City. I would love to go to the Yucatan Peninsula. And then I would also love to go to Guadalajara. Those are my top three. Okay. In Mexico. Sure. In South America, I want to go everywhere. That's my Latin American tour. Oh, wait, real quick. Danielle, would you like to would you like to give us your review of this drink? You can just come on and say you don't like it. I don't know. She has nothing other than it tastes like a margarita. Okay. All right, that's fine. 
But uh, yeah, anyway, Brittany, you know, I just kind of went into like not I didn't even go into it, but I just kind of been like, oh, you know, Mexican culture. Let's learn more about that, you know. And it's like, do you have a game? Oh, you have a game. I have a little bit of. It's more of a quiz. Well, shit. Well, it's it's like the what tree am I thing, right? Okay. So, uh, speaking of Mexican culture, I think it's kind of time we quiz ourselves on Mexican culture. This is yeah. the Cinco de Mayo holiday special, everybody. Yeah. So and it is. With that comes a game. All right. Um. So, Brandon, this is from Pro Profs Quizzes. How Mexican am I? Not. <laughs> so, Brandon, question number one. Hit me. I had more of a build-up, but you're like, do we have a game? And I was like, all right, we're, we're just getting into it. So question number one, who is the infamous Selena? Selena Gomez, duh. No. A famous Spanish dancer. No. A famous Mexican pop singer. No. Admit it. I don't know. Oh, well, I guess it's a pop singer then. What comes next? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Seis. Uh, is it S-A-S-E, S-I-E-S, S-E-I-S, or six, the number six? <laughs> I don't know. There's three options for spelling. The number six. I, the or the num- number six? The number six. I don't, don't ask me how to spell anything. Well, that's what. Which one do you think it is? If you had to spell seis, what would you do? I'd or write just, a number six. Okay. <laughs> how many siblings do you have? Three. Uh, what is your religion? Christian, Muslim, Catholic, atheist? Christian. Um, I think a lot of them are Catholic. Pick one. An eagle, balloons, some bricks, or those uh, Mexican cookies? An eagle. Caca! America, bitch. <laughs> what is your favorite color? Pink, black, orange, or red? Out of those? Black. Okay. Choose a shape. Circle, square, rectangle, triangle. Triangle. It's very strong. Okay. It's a strong shape. What is your favorite Mexican dish? Mexican lasagna, burritos, enchiladas, or tacos? Or as long as it's not spicy, I'll eat it. We know someone like that, but that's not you. I really like enchiladas. 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 What is your? What color is your hair? Brown. Okay. What is the Spanish word for chicken? Chicón, el chicón, el pola, pollo, chicana. Pollo, hombre. All right, you got a hundred percent Mexican. I don't know about Fuck that, buddy. Yeah, dude. You are a hundred percent Mexican. Be honest, you just took this quiz to see if it was accurate. Your rhythmic body demands recognition. Rock those <laughs> curves, girl. <laughs> I'm really surprised. I feel like you, you shouldn't have gotten that high. Well, I, I kind of, I, I took Spanish in high school. And I don't. Know. I enjoyed the Spanish the the Hispanic culture. And... All right, I'm gonna go with Selena Gomez because I don't know who the dance, the pop singer is. Um, I knew it wasn't Selena Gomez. I'm I'm guessing with how I think to spell C-A-S. It's S-I-E-S, maybe. How many siblings do I have? Four. Christian. Uh, where's the next? I clicked it. Where is Okay, pick one. Um, Eagle, I guess. I don't know. That's what I said. I'm going to go with orange as my favorite color. You would. Circle, square, rectangle. I'll go with square, I guess. <laughs> uh, tacos is my favorite Mexican food. Brown hair, boyo. I also got a hundred percent Mexican, so maybe oh it's just not God. the best quiz. <laughs> I was hoping for a little bit of like a comical, like you're the whitest guy this side of the Rio Grande. But anyway, Apparently Brandon, we're both a hundred percent Mexican. You because you're I from the Southwest, and me because I enjoy the culture. Yeah, that's it. That that's how we're that way. But so anyway, Brandon Cinco de Mayo. Do you have a history of this holiday? Celebrating this holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to lean on you for this one because I don't really, I don't really go out on like the drinking holidays. So like, I don't, I've never, I'll like be at home and be like, I'll have a shot of tequila. Well, I'll tell you a story <clears throat> about a time I celebrated Cinco de Mayo the American way. I went mm-hmm. to a house party. I went to a house party. I drank uh, before we went there. I drank half of the pre-mixed. Uh, margarita down filled the rest up with tequila Mm -hmm. and continued on to the party shared that with my friend that we went with um had a good time decided well let's go catch the last hour of the bars went there i think i maybe ordered a beer a cerveza perhaps no went and threw up 
in the corner of the bar. As the bouncer came up to say, what are you doing? I said, oh, don't worry, I was going to pee back here, but then I changed my mind. So I didn't get kicked out by saying that. Um, it was a mess. But a good time. As usual, not surprised by your boozing exploits. <laughs> That's yeah. all you do. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just kidding. That's not all you do. But it's just like anytime it's like, oh, do, do you have any, uh, have you ever gone out drinking on this day? You're like, brother, I invented drinking on this day. <laughs> February 13th. Invented it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, Brandon, we uh, we just took a little break um, and we got our second drink here ready to go. Uh, more tequila. Is, is that, that the difference here? Is that your final answer? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm tasting the El Trago. Maybe you cut down on something else. I don't know. You have to tell me. Didn't change it. <laughs> really? Why does it taste different? It's because it's, I'm in my head. Because I'm expecting a change. Didn't empty the shaker. Yeah. And also this. So th- just to get into the weeds, the last one I made for the two of us. And oh, then, and then I, we went back and added. And then stuff. I was like, "Oh wait, Danielle's probably going to want one as well when she gets here." So I made, I added to that, and then so I, this one I I got, went into it making. I think the three. I know. I think I know why. I think I taste more tequila. I think it's actually a little. I think the agave nectar is being a little more forward because it doesn't taste stronger boozy. But I'm getting a little more of that agave. I think that's what it is. Uh, I think everything was uh, measured more accurately in this. Yeah. Because Either way, it's I, still good. When I made hers, I don't have a half ounce measurer. Mm-hmm. So I was just like me guessing what their half is in that. Yeah. So still good. This, this I'm not is, changing my rating. This is still good. Just honestly, I think this one's better. Really? I do. Well, I think this I'll one's give it better. an 8.1. Um, like I said, this one was more accurately measured. So um, if you measure it properly, I think so it's good. better. Still so good. Still great for by the pool I give with it, the bandito. I give it 16 sugar skulls. 16. Wow. It's more That's than 15. I'll, I, you know what? I'll bump it up to 8.33 repeating. Um, <laughs> blue agaves, of course. But so anyway, while uh, – yeah, yeah. well, because, you know, we had the how Mexican are you quiz. Right. And I was a little disappointed on how we both just kind of got like a very unfunny answer. They were both I mean, just 100%. Well, it'd be fine if you got one and then I got like 12, but right. we both got the same, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> anyway. Um, but so we were talking about that, and then I, I, when you were telling your story earlier, I was like, oh, what about some cervezas? So I actually whipped up a secondary game while you were making our second drinks here. Wow. Um, so. What you got? We are doing Guess the Cerveza based off the Savage Review. Savage review. Or low review, because some okay. of these aren't that bad. Okay. So, right here. I, we only have five. I whipped it up real quick, and I didn't want us to, uh, I didn't I didn't want it to be. Um, too long? Too long, and I, you know. Too I drawn just, out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, So, anyway, and we're just going to jump right in. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, please. So, uh, this is all from beeradvocate.com. This is a 1.6, and this is all out of five, so it's 1.76 uh, out of five. And it is by Milkshake Beer Sucks from Maryland. Uh, Clear light gold appearance with a fairly large white head and modest lacing. Cooked corn aroma that goes downhill as it warms. Not many ways to describe the bland taste. Other than that, that, I did not have to spit it out. Light bodied, lively carbonated mouthfeel. Going to try it again? Doubtful. Hmm. I want to say Corona because that sounds very Corona-esque, but they didn't mention a lime. And unless they poured this themselves... I I personally would have a lime with this one. Corona it is. Okay, that is incorrect, unfortunately. It is Pacifico. Really? Yeah. You know what? I... And I've I've been very vocal about my my cerveza ratings, um, and we will have a video on them eventually, but... Pacifico, in my opinion, is one of the few Mexican beers that I don't feel I need a lime with. Yeah. And that I actually enjoy. Maybe that's why they didn't talk about having a lime. Um, what? But I like lime with it. What's interesting is, you know, Budweiser, they make a couple of things like the Bud Light Lime, and they have um, yeah. Shock Top, which has orange in it. Okay. Then there's Cervezas. So their whole, like, mindset is, like, they don't want you adding anything to the beer. If it's meant to go with it, they will add it. So they right. add the orange to Shock Top. Not like Blue Moon, where it comes with a big slice of orange. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, the, and if you go to a bar and order a Shock Top, I'm sure they do the same thing. But uh, 
they add the orange to it because they're like, no, we'll 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 add the right amount of orange. You know what I mean? So right. their cervezas, I don't think they add because they have like Tecate. Mm-hmm. I don't think they add lime to it. But they're like, no, we we make it a certain way. Doesn't need lime. If it needed lime, we would have put it in. Yeah, so that's I, their mentality. Like I said, I really enjoy the Pacifico as is. But uh, the lime is also nice as well. I'm not yeah. going to say that you, I wouldn't add a lime. I would because it's also good. But I also love the Pacifico label. I just really like it. The oh, yellow. it's so cool. Yellow and then it's like uh, navel. Yeah, it has that little like anchor and mm-hmm. life preserver thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Qu- uh, question number two or review number two. This is from CJ Giant of from District of Columbia. This is a 2.41 out of 5. Oh, also, I don't have like the overall... I should also, next time I'll provide, like, the overall ratings, but, like, people on Beer Advocate are fucking, like, every Snooty. beer is, like, 66 out of 100. So, anyway. Gotcha. Uh, God, dude, leg day. My, like, leg is sore. <laughs> nice Can. Shirt. Nice shirt, by the way. Oh, th- thank you. I'm wearing my main shirt, not, uh, it's, like, the state furthest from Mexico. Um <laughs> As you read a review from British Columbia. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is really weird. It just says, can, parentheses, tasted alongside other adjunct lagers in a tasting. I don't know if they're saying it was tasted in a can, but it goes, can, parentheses, tasted alongside other adjunct lagers in a tasting, and parentheses. um, Pale golden with a mere splash of tan and a fair head. Nose isn't much, but has a mild metallic note. Starts mildly sweet with enough uh, with enough other flavors to keep it from staying that way. A bare lean to something bitter or metallic or even skunky, but I can't really tell, which indicates how light the taste is. I don't know if I'm just not reading that right or if their sentence no, structures I, I is all it. over the place. I got it. Uh, it sounds like the Dos Equis Amber, maybe. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Sorry, Brandon. It was Corona. Okay. Look, if they... <laughs> I'm sure the good reviews actually tell you what it is. No. No. All right, so this is from... So it's not the, not the game we play here. <laughs> All right, review number three. Uh, this is from Papercut4 from Wisconsin, 2.73 out of 5, which is above half, but, you know, still in the red. Pours out of the can a crystal clear gold with a finger head with mild retention. Smells like grains, honey, and light malts. Taste follows the nose, gold carb, good carbonation with a little thin, but a little thin once that subsides. Overall, pretty decent, pretty mild, but it's you know below three stars. A light dosakis, like the regular dosakis. It's gonna be my guess. Are you sure? Nope. Do you wanna? Nope. Okay. It was Modelo. <laughs> Modelo tastes like piss, just like Corona does. I'm saying that right now. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy roasting me in the comments. I don't give a fuck, Keisha. <laughs> All right, review number four by Dr. Of Golf from Delaware. This is a 2.38 out of 5. Uh, clear light copper color with a small white head. Smell was something. Smell was of something dank and no malt and hops. Light body with watery mouthfeel and a strange tin-like bitterness. If you get it wrong and I tell you, you'll be like, mm, yeah. Tecate. That is correct, Brandon. Yeah. Well, there we are. Got one. <laughs> yeah well because i remember the last time tecate showed up on one of these you were like but tecate sucks or something no Takate's okay i'd rather have it over a lot of other ones okay i don't know if you even know this one okay i'm gonna be honest all right so this is 1.69 nice that's why i picked that one of course uh by az tropic I compared this cerveza side-by-side side with a can of Cuban Crystal, which this beer claimed was its inspiration. While the packages are almost identical in appearance, the product along, uh, the product inside definitely is not. This beer is a, very, is a very bitter cerveza, and the strong aftertaste lasts for several minutes. Not an enjoyable experience. Dude, you said the Crystal, and it... it, it... I think I'm pretty sure I've had this beer at okay. a resort, but I could not tell you the name. I have I have no right. guess. Tell me, tell me what it is. Palma. No, I haven't. Okay, well then you got that one wrong. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. I had if no you guess. Say, you should have been like, yeah, I know that one. I'd be like, oh, half a point. <laughs> no, I, it's not what I thought it was. So it's fine. But yeah, but all right. 
That was it. Uh, I have had Corona Pacifico Modelo. I've never had Tecate or Palma or Cuban Crystal. We should get some. Well, we'll we'll do the uh, I'd have a cerveza at some point. That would be pretty. You know, Brandon, you've been talking about I'd have a cerveza for years. I know. But speaking of your videos, Brandon, we actually had one come out to uh, day of day recording. Of recording um, yeah. We fixed the uh, vodka vodka, vodka soda. soda white claws. Yeah. A little underwhelming. I mean, long-time listeners are, of course, watching the videos as they come out, so I've already seen the first one. But, I mean, I don't know. The message of that one was, like, just it's not good in the can. I said it in the video, and I think it's true. Like, the packaging does the drink itself a disservice. Well, when you're going for RTD, ready to drink for those laymans, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of hard to nail something... That you would normally pour over ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also is maybe it's the difference between that and like a seltzer, but I'm not the biggest canned cocktail guy. Most of the time I'd rather just have the actual cocktail. Yeah. Um, in the canned cocktail space, I think those might be made for people who don't want to mix their own drinks and that are comfortable with just pouring out of a can over ice and calling it good. Um, and that might be what White Claw was going for with these vodka sodas, where maybe that is the point, is you just pour it over ice and drink it like that. Because, spoiler alert, that's what we determined is the correct way to drink those. Yeah, well, I mean, even at the end of the first episode, part one, we were like, uh, how about... We just make a regular vodka soda, and we were kind of like, yeah, this is better. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird world out there. But, I mean, one thing that's become increasingly popular is the – because I don't think I've ever really had a canned uh, margarita. But a lot of these seltzers are coming out to be tequila-based. Like, I think Hornitos has one. Or is Hornitos Mm -hmm. just a brand? Hornitos is a brand of tequila, but I believe they might have a canned cocktail And then they have that ranch water. Uh, there's a couple places that do ranch. Maybe it's Hornitos Ranch Water. Cayman. I think that's the full name is Cayman. And then I think Topo a... Chico has tequila. And now even High Noon is doing tequila. And so I think I'm... Was really... High Noon originally vodka? Mm-hmm. Okay. They were like one of the first... Or I don't know about the first, but they were one of the first popular vodka seltzers. And now yeah. the other ones are kind of going that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. I'm kind of glad that tequila is having this little bit of a... Moment. Yeah, because uh, I was never really the biggest tequila guy. But oh, me neither. Tequila is now being used in very interesting ways. What they should be doing is doing grapefruit tequila seltzers and just, or I, you know, that's a Paloma, but those are dance. It's a good, it's a good, uh, re, um, good drink for a reason. It's too bad we already did Paloma because this would have been a great Paloma episode too, but. Spoons are effing good. What was that? I love the <laughs> you sent you sent me a Snapchat earlier. It was like a thirty two ounce Yeti, and you're like a Paloma for the road, which he was not driving everybody. But I was like, damn, that sounds good. And you're like, yeah, but it's about fifty fifty, too strong for you. You just called me out. No, I think I said thought it was going to be too strong. Oh, I thought you were saying like it's, or maybe no. I just read it wrong. But I thought you were yeah, saying like you read it wrong. I was it's like, too strong for you. I was like. Damn, okay. No, jerk. Like, you would think it would be too strong. Oh, I thought, okay, I thought you were saying that I would think it's too strong. Mm-hmm. No, I meant you as in the, you know. The audience. Like, you'd think it's too strong, but right. it's great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can mix your Paloma half No, and I was half like, I was like hanging good. out with someone. I was like, damn, dude. Brandon's like <laughs> trashing me, but he's like, he's right, though. <laughs> No, just like the the general sense of you, yeah. generally you, would think it's too strong. Anybody would think it's too strong, you know, but then you drink it and you're like, nah, not that bad. Not that bad. But Good, good uh, pregame drink. But Brandon, we didn't, we didn't, we actually didn't talk about this yet, but this is actually going to launch me into a little bit of a rant. Uh-oh. Our ambiance today. Yes. You know how we are. So you are a volcanologist for the Tequila Volcano, but we're actually sure. not at the Tequila Volcano. Nope. We are um live we are live on the streets of uh Guanajuato, Mexico. And as you can see as we look over this balcony, just a bunch of beautiful multicolored houses, I think. Almost favela esque. Yeah. It, you know, you got these greens and blues and reds and pinks and purples, and maroons, orange. And even I'd say favela esque, but like way more pretty. Yeah, and I think uh, hold on. Let's 
Let's actually look where in Mexico this is. The camera's trying to focus right now, and it's fucking with me. <laughs> okay, it's good now. We got reds, we got light blues, we got oranges. What What's it called? It? Guana? Guana Hato. Okay, yeah. Guana Hato. Yeah, so um, this looks to be kind of like southern Mexico, right? Or su- southern to central Mexico. Um, but even in northern Mexico, kind of closer to Arizona and the border states, like they still have a lot of these colorful houses. And I think it like contrasts really well with like the beautiful colors of the desert because like the desert maybe looks like just sandy and dusty, but like, you know, we, we know the sunsets are beautiful and there are like, there are a lot of beautiful colors in the mountains and things like that. But so in Mexico, they have all of these beautiful things, these beautiful painted houses. But out where I live in Arizona, like everyone has an HOA and like you need to have like a tan beige house so it doesn't clash with the natural beauty of the desert. But instead everything just looks bland and tan, right? But it's like, okay, well, uh, in Mexico, uh, northern Mexico, and especially in Sonora, it's the same desert, and it doesn't clash. I think it looks kind of nice. And you, so, Do you get I, to do terracotta roofs? And... Yeah, you can do that. Okay. There's, like, a bunch of things you can do, but, like, and then they're like, oh, you, we want, if you're going to have, like, a, uh, gravel in your front yard, it needs to be this color and so it like really just looks like it goes from sidewalk to rock to house and it's like all this like same beigey tan and it is so distressing washed out and i think that hoas are directly responsible for the collapse of western culture really no but you know i'm just really mad at them I get it. I, a lot of people don't like HOAs. I mean, but there's also like it'd be one they also, thing. They they also do do some good things. Yeah, like if you to wanted to have your HOA be like, hey, we're just you know making sure that uh, there's nothing not looks giant, trashy. There's not a giant Trump Trump statue in somebody's front yard. Yeah, but like I just it, it messes with the aesthetic. Of yeah, but it just annoys me <laughs> that like there are houses that are beautifully colored in the same desert. Yeah. I mean, even in Sedona, which is not in the Sonoran Desert, like, they have, like, city beautification laws. Like, Uh you can't do things that clash with the natural beauty. So there's a blue McDonald's. Right. Yeah, it's not like you have to be this boring beige McDonald's. You're blue. Like, either, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, my God. Still recovering from going up your steps earlier. I was like, how are you out of breath from doing a podcast? <laughs> because I talk. I think you need to do more cardio, buddy. I do. But anyway, um, I don't know. It's just really aggravating because it's like, I don't care if there's a blue house or a yellow house or an orange house, purple. It's the desert. Like, if it was like this, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think it all kind of flows together. Yeah, but I don't know, man. And then if you go out and just any of those developed areas, like like especially in like Chandler Gilbert and like West Valley, a lot of those places where it's a bunch of cookie cutter homes, they all look identical. They're all just that same, same beige, same Palo Verde in the front yard with your gravel. And then even gravel, I mean, like I understand, like grass isn't great for the environment, especially out there because it uses too much water. But like all that gravel that just absorbs heat all day mm. and then bounces it back out. When was the last time you just saw a pile of gravel in the desert? Never. There are plenty of desert plants and flowers. Just have like a nice little sand plant scape. Yeah. Sand, sand dirt, dirt, whatever. Ground cover. <sighs> but I don't know. A, a nice plant ground cover. It's exhausting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you come out here, plenty of people have, like, mulch and wood chip front yards. And I have a wood chip backyard. I'm going to get a wood chip front yard. But it's, I don't know. It just it just irks me so much. And Mexico, I mean, there's places in Mexico that aren't beautiful. Just like with anywhere. They're beautiful and not beautiful places. But, I mean, like, this is really pretty. Yeah. I like it. It reminds me of, like, Alton if it was, like, multicolored. Alton? Alton, Illinois. I have... No clue. We'll take you there sometime, I guess. Oh my gosh, dude. Take well, it through there. One maybe. of the most hilarious things is like hearing people talk about like growing up in these small towns. Oh, it's like, yeah, you know, me and my friends, we used to just get drunk in the middle of a cornfield and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and there's really nothing to do out there, is there? Like, no, that's why we drink in a cornfield. But I don't know. Do what you got to do. But I don't know. Are there any places where people are allowed to have beautiful colored houses or? Yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, at least out here, everything's just brick, you know? Yeah. Brick always looks nice, I think. 
Well, and then the place we're located, they do. I believe they require at least the front fascia to be brick because I've seen a new development where the front is brick and then the whole rest of it is siding. But it's so it's like they require they require it to be the front brick to match the neighborhood. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. That's the end of my rant. a short-lived rant, but it is a rant I have had. But where is it? Come on. All right, but Brandon, but I do have a little bit of something else for us to kind of to kind of bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back a little bit. So one hop this time. Tequila. Yes. Made from blue agaves. Yes. Designation of origin and all that. You have to have the blue agaves. Yes. But the thing is, is blue agaves are they even really blue? I don't know. Yes. Is anything blue? Because blue is very rare in nature. Okay. What are you saying? Well, I mean, I don't know. I just thought I would talk a little bit about like... Blueberries, the sky, the ocean. Yeah, but blueberries are like purple. It's subjective. And like blue <laughs> blue birds, it's like a purple pigment. And then like nah. blue butterflies, it's like a refraction in their like wells, their, their cells. Are you saying blue is not a color? No, but I'm just... Let me. I'm. I'm, I'm going to talk about it a little bit because I think it's interesting. Because like blue agave, is, for one, they're like kind of like they have this like powdery thing on them almost. And if you like rub it off, it turns green. Yeah, it's like a little more green. And there are like plenty of plants that like look kind of blue, but when you pull up, rub off that powder, it turns green, right? So this is from set.adelaide.edu.au. So it's the uh, the University of Adelaide in Australia. Australia. So uh, so it asks, why is blue, the color blue so rare in nature? Uh, blue is a very prominent color on Earth. This is throwing me off because they have the U in color. Uh, blue is a very prominent color in, uh, on Earth, but when it comes to nature, blue is very rare. Uh, less than 1 in 10 plants have blue flowers, and far fewer, animal, far fewer animals are blue. So why is that? Uh, part of the reason is there isn't really a true blue color or pigment in nature. Both plants and animals have to perform tricks of light to appear blue. And that's one of the problems is because there's like a handful of pigment colors and there's no true blue pigment, but blue is a primary color for some reason, which like really isn't true. <laughs> so uh, for plants, blue is achieved by mixing naturally occurring pigments very, uh, very much as an artist would mix colors. The most commonly used are the red pigments called anthocyanins and whose appearance can be changed by varying acidity these alterations combined with reflected light can create some spectacular results uh delphinums plumbago that's a word uh bluebells hydrangeas dayflower morning glories and cornflowers although blue flowers aren't rare in plants almost no plant has blue leaves except a handful of plants found on the floor of tropical rainforests the main reason for this has to do with the physics of light. Pigment appears the color of the light they don't absorb, but instead reflect. The most common plant pigment is green chlorophyll. So plants appear green because chlorophyll doesn't absorb, but rather reflects green light. We already know that, though. Those of us that want to, um, whatever level they teach you that color is just light being reflected. Physics. Yeah, But I don't know. I thought that was, like, I don't know, kind of cool that blue isn't, like, real. Now, hold on. Let me find the other link. Um, I lost the thing I was looking at to, that told me, like, what that dusty thing on the outside of them is. But, like, the even the blue agave, it looks like a light blue, but it's more of, like, a teal green. Right. And if you, like, sprayed it with water and, like, really rubbed it, it would get green. Right. But uh, this pulls me into talking a little bit about the blue agave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, agave te- uh, tequiliana. The, so, the Very botanical nice. name. Well, I mean, it's also from, like, tequila, Mexico. But, sure. you know, uh, commonly known as the blue agave or agave azul or tequila agave. Uh, it is a plant that is an important economic product of uh, Jalisco, Mexico, due to its role in the base ingredient of tequila, a popular distilled beverage. I don't know if you knew that, Brandon. What? But um, the flowers are pollinated by the greater long-nosed bat and by insects and hummingbirds, which this is what's interesting about that, though. And I'm not trying to get on my soapbox of environmentalism, right? But I hate vegans, okay? This is gonna do. this is gonna come full circle. Don't worry. Vegans for the most part are fine, but don't try to act like you have this superiority over me, right? Right. So the way that tequila or uh, blue agaves is made, and I think I've talked about this on an earlier episode, but I'm just gonna reiterate it here. So modern tequila plantations 
or uh, blue agave plantations are used by propagating. So they get a piece of tequila, not a piece of tequila, agave, a piece of agave about the size of your thumbnail. And then they like plant that and it takes eight years to grow into a full sized agave. Right. And so while those, um, generally those agaves are pollinated by the long nosed Mexican bat and, but the way they do this propagating, they don't need to be pollinated. They're just constantly cloning this very specific plant. Pollinating is good because it just, it brings biodiversity from other uh, plants and that's, that's the opposite of what they want. And so a lot of vegans are like, well, I don't, I don't eat honey cause that exploits bees. Um, but I'll use agave nectar. And so that just ramps up these, um, agave production, but these agave plantations are destroying the habitat of that same long nosed, long nosed bat. And so it's like, okay, but these vegans are like, oh, I don't want to hurt the bees, but like I'm actively contributing to the destruction of this animal's environment, which is leading them to be killed off. But those same bats are supposed to be pollinating the plants that, I mean, for one, we don't even want pollinated, I guess, but then I don't know. It's just weird and it's complicated, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I, I, agree. I mean, it's it very, weird. I mean, it's very similar to the, I mean, similar with like anything, but yeah, I mean, vegans want to pretend like eating plants don't cause death to animals or insects when yeah. they, the monocrop agriculture definitely contributes to millions upon millions of death of insects and animals yeah, when and they harvest lack of food variety and also like it's also i mean i understand that it has to be blue agave because of like the law of what tequila is but hopefully in like mezcal making places they encourage i mean i don't know per, per, uh, agriculture is still like industrialized they don't really want a bunch of variants They're like i don't know i hope that we're still letting those bats do things like i right. hope we're not taking away their jobs i don't know it just stresses me out. I love bats. Yeah, to I'm going to come up with, there's got to be some Transylvania holiday that we can talk about bats on because they're so fucking sick, dude. Yeah, we'll have a vampire cocktail. There's like, it's so interesting. There's so many flowers. There's a kind of a, like orchid that is like especially evolved, designed, whatever, to like perfectly fit around this certain bat's face. It is so cool. Mm, interesting. Oh, I forgot to say this at the start, but this is the show where we share a drink with friends. Yeah, right. Um, I do have one thing to add. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this off air. I've felt like since getting back into tequila, well, I should just say getting into tequila. I never was really into it. Um, the agave taste that I get from tequila is almost akin to like a lime accoutrement. You know what I mean? No. Like, like it tastes like a lime to you or it's like similar to a lime that's like a little extra yeah yeah it's a little it's very similar it's like a um i'm i'm separating it out of the tequila taste and i'm like oh this is more of like a fruit you know yeah i mean if anything it would be a vegetable but i hear you thinking of the agave taste as more of a garnish than i get you i get what you mean Right, like an ingredient as opposed to like this tastes like tequila. Well, no, it tastes like agave. Let, let me let, let's make a very clear distinction. It's not you being a booze bag and just drinking so much tequila. It's just like, you know, with the, the Paloma is a great way to show off that thing. But like, and we've had a couple tequilas on the show now with the uh, El Trago. Like mm-hmm. it's, oh, like it's it's kind of like the element. Like that's what makes the tequilas a little different is how agave forward is. How do they play with that right. taste? And so grow, a growing appreciation. And that's the thing I said this earlier. I wasn't a tequila, tequila guy before, but we, we've gone through three or four tequilas for this show. Three, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting it now. You know what I mean? For sure. And then we have our madman, Tinez, who's just like, fuck it. Give One me a hour. shot. Give me a shot every hour. He was telling us about how his cousins will just drink Henny. Out the bottle. Uh, what what does Danielle call it? Cognac. Cognac. Um, I'm not the biggest Cognac guy. I mean, it was it was good for our drink, but um, between the sheets, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was good for that, but I mean, I I've since had like a shot of it, or we had we had like a half shot of it for the show, and then I've I've tasted a few times, and there were a couple days where maybe I had like a like a uh, you know just like a little glass of it to sip on. It's not something I love. I've no. never had any though. Maybe it's amazing. I have, and I have drank it on ice, and it's mm-hmm. it's comparable to like whiskey, but I'm, I just don't I don't get to do I don't understand doing it all the time. I don't know. It's not for me. I, 
I mean, if I'm ever given the opportunity, I'd love to have a sip, but I don't know. Someday. But I imagine, I don't know, Tina's is very interesting to me because he seems like the guy that'd be like, hell, give me some Henny, brother. Line it up. But then he'd be like, I'll have a Michelob Ultra in a shot. I don't know. I feel like those are two opposite ends of like a an alcohol spectrum. Yeah, for sure. I, I think... Because uh, he loves Michelob Ultra. So it's like, I mean, people are allowed to like what they like, but I feel like a, a, a fairly expensive bottle of like a high class liquor and give me a normal price light beer. Uh, well, maybe I'm being think, too judgmental. <laughs> I think tequila is on the other end of the spectrum from Hennessy. So yeah, he loves tequila. I don't know. He's a wild guy. It's a good time. He's yeah. a healthy man. Healthy man. Speaking of which, this drink fairly healthy. We have agave. We have lime. We have orange, salt. It's important to get your sodium. Yeah. But yeah. I don't mm, know. Nothing in it that would warrant a red flag. No red flags here. No red flags here. Um, anyway. There there you have it, folks. A margarita, no red flags. No red flags. That's a good way to put it. No red flags with this drink. It's just good. And, like, we had two. They were great. Yeah. And I'm like, this is good. They were kind of doubles, but. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we, we had a couple margaritas, a few. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I feel good. It's a light drink. It's not one of those ones. That don't hate myself. Like, yeah. You, you don't feel like, at least with this one, like, you don't feel heavy. Right. I don't feel super boozy. I'm not like, you know what I mean? Right. Because if I had had four shots of tequila, I probably would have felt like crap. But, um, well, I don't know. Well, we'll I think just like maybe just the, well, because a shot of tequila, you're just like, "Ah." but with this, it's like, oh, I'm I'm sipping something good, you know? Well, like they said, you have the salt and the lime in it already. Yeah. So it is a shot of tequila, but it's but then, all put but then, together. But then there's a few uh, things in there to kind of lighten the load. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just good. It's light. The recipe we used, I would highly recommend it. It was good. I did like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we used the Contra, which I think adds a lot of good, not like sweetnesses and sugary, but a little bit of sweet and brightness to it. And I yeah. think the dry curacao would have just been like more of an orange yeah. rather than like a brightening orange. Yes. Which I still think would have been good. But you could do the dry curacao. Like um, I said, I like my margaritas moist. Yeah. And then you could also do, I mean, blue curacao would have been good too. But uh, it, I just I just feel like Contra is just a higher quality. Yeah, I agree. And if you watch uh, uh, Archer, uh, he is he's a firm believer that Contra goes in a margarita. It's probably because they overthrew the French and took their yeah. liquor. But that is interesting. Um, I mean, I didn't do like an insane deep dive, but I would be interested to know if like when Contro became like a staple of it because. If it was like during the intermixing of the French and the Mexicans or yeah. if it was just like after they drove them out, they're like, oh, they left all their Contro behind. Like, like Hawaiians with spam. They're like, oh my God, there's so much Contro. What are we going to do? Right. Just start putting it in everything. Exactly. Speaking of spam, do you like spam? Never had it. If you cut some spam up fairly thin, yeah, throw it in a pan with some olive oil. Yeah, throw that on a sandwich, dude. Don't let it be. A, don't have it a spam sandwich. But like, make a sandwich. Throw some of that uh, sautéed that, spam on that it. That guy, that uh, chef I watch, yeah. has done some spam recipes. It's really good. So I'm not really, I'm not really against good. it, but it's I really haven't good. tried it. No, but spam is like that just block of gooey meat. Yeah, no, thank you. Right, cook it up. Well, obviously. Well, I mean, Who I the? F- what kind of animal just eats it straight out of the can? You would, Brandon, you would be surprised like by the j- the degenerates in this country eating spam. You're right. You got me. I've seen I've seen someone just open it up and just put a spoon. Oh. Like ice cream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. But, you know, I don't know. Kids are weird because I saw a kid doing it. You know when kids are like, when I was a kid, I loved Vienna sausages. I just crack them open and eat them. I've, I've ate a cold hot dog in my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, so maybe it's just like that, you know? Yeah, right. I don't know. Spam is good. You heard it here first. But anyway, Brandon. You're not uh, going to end the episode with spam is good. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what else should I <laughs> What should I end it with then? <laughs> Tequila is good. <laughs> Tequila is good. Um but I forgot. You know what, though? Let's rate this. Out of our three tequilas, how would you rank those so far? Because we had the La Gritona, the Loud Women. Remember that one? Yes. We used for the Frostbites. Yes. That seems like that seems like so long ago. Seems like so long ago. And then um, and then we've had that. I don't remember what it's called. Ocho or something, but that was like the expensive tequila. And then this one. 
Well, I mean, you know I love this one. Yeah. Especially for the price. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite, I guess. Yeah. The Loud Women one was pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, I think that was a little more expensive, and it came in a really cool bottle. Yeah. But that was like 40 Oh, so it was like double the price. Um, and then the last one was more expensive than that, I think. Well, okay. Well, it for me, <laughs> it goes from least expensive to most expensive. I'm going to agree. <laughs> so uh, our so far tequila ratings is El, uh, El Trago, La Grotona, and Ocho Agave. Ocho I don't remember that name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I went through it. Not alone. Sure. Don't worry. Oh, but speaking of which, we actually kind of talked about this the other day. So I had mentioned like you know i'm really trying to cut back on the drink i'm like not drinking alone is i don't want to be drinking alone i'm trying to only drink during the weekends you know what i mean so i've been good and bit good being uh, being good on cutting back on my drinking i haven't been perfect but then we were kind of talking and you're kind of in a similar boat where it's just like it's fine to not be boozing i'm going to try to pursue that to see how far that goes um but uh as of now that's the way i'm sitting well that's good you know in this show it is a reviewing alcohol show but we we say drink responsibly we are i feel like i'm always going to advocate for drinking less yeah of course it's never i'm never going to tell someone to drink more you know um but yeah no i don't know it's like good to cut back on that i've done it myself especially because i'm like really trying to do this like fitness journey thing which you've also been getting back in the gym brandon's just being healthier you got it. Which we hope he's staying on that train. But, you know, I've been working out and Brandon's been getting back in the gym. And we're just trying to cut back on this boozing, man. And it, it feels good. Feels good. I, I like I like our show. I like reviewing the drinks and doing the fun cocktails. But it's kind of fun that drinking is like this treat. And I think that's how it should be. It's a treat. Because I know people, they're like, well, I get home and I fucking drink my Bud Lights morning till night and all that. Until I pass out. I get up and do it again. Yeah, but now with these, I'm like, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm like, let me wet my beak a little bit with this margarita. You know what I mean? So, it's uh, a tool, everybody. It's a tool, tool, exactly. And so, but don't abuse the tool. But if you're going to be drinking, do it to have fun. Do it to enjoy the people you're with. Do it to enjoy the drink. Don't just be drinking to be drunk by yourself in a dark room. Right. I've been there. Not the best way to do it. It's not a good time. So, uh, I don't know. That's it. Tequila is good. So I, you know how we close it out here, everybody. Uh, you know, uh, well, first of all, before we even close it out, Brandon, where can they find you? Uh, at Brandon Churchill on YouTube, Brandon underscore Churchill underscore 95 on Instagram, Brandon Churchill without the U and Churchill on Twitter and find me in the streets uh, and between the sheets in the streets. <laughs> streets only people uh as for me you can find me on instagram at capped cool kid that is c-a-p-t cool kid as well as the bad boy of botany on instagram uh as for the show you can find us on instagram at jen and thomas podcast on youtube and twitter we are uh jen and thomas pod you know follow uh follow the instagram that's the best way until i really get into this tweeting thing uh the best way to stay up to date is on the instagram because i'm i'm posting stuff to the stories hey Give us questions. I'll be posting poll. What are we doing here? You know what I mean? The drinks are on there as well. Drinks are posted. Exactly. Uh, the the drink picture and recipes are posted to the thing. And stay tuned to our YouTube channel because we have one video. It's our gin and Thomas makes a gin and tonic video. But we're, we're going to kind of be making these how-tos on the drinks. We're just going to say, here's how you make the drink. This is what we think of it. Tune into the pod for the full thing. So, yeah. We're going to be going back to old drinks. We're going to be doing our new drinks. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, if you like what we do here, like Brandon said, find them on YouTube. We review beer and seltzers and similar things. And There's all kinds of stuff on the YouTube channel. Yeah, With me, without me. So if you like Brandon, that's where you can find him ultimately. Uh, I don't know. I think that's it for that. So, uh, oh, also uh, we have an email, ginandthomaspod at gmail.com. So if you have any questions about a um, any you know anything how do what, what do you think about this drink what do you whatever questions for the show but i actually got a dm on instagram asking how do you like what what about margaritas <laughs> and so it's actually are. it's actually perfect timing because uh, here's the recipe here's you know your, what i mean here's the perfect margarita so yeah and if you have drink ideas send them to me sure because you know i search for my own drinks but if you guys love a drink and would like it on the show let us know for sure email twitter anything j- j- dms um, Send a letter in the mail. I don't have a P.O., but just put it in the mail. They'll find me. Ah, uh, shoot. What was I just about to say to you? 
God damn it. I was about to say something, dude. That was the best guest I, you ever I, had? I sw- y- yes, obviously. Out of all of them, you're the <laughs> best one. But speaking of which, like, we're actually coming up on six months. Yes. We have like two episodes after this. Yeah. Crazy. Insane. What was my say? Oh, yeah. I remember what our six-month one was going to be, I think. It's a whole thing. Stay tuned. Stay Because we're getting ready for this to be a show. It is a show. I mean, con- we're getting ready to continue the show. But so, so anyway, everybody, that's that. Um, you know how I like to close it out here. Uh, please drink responsibly. Uh, don't drink alone. Share a drink with us. It's the show where we share a drink with friends, you know? So I, I consider everyone listening a friend, and I hope you consider us a friend, you know? So uh, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Don't, don't drink, drink and con a boat. boat. <coughs> I had to hold in a cough for that one. Um, and I don't know, Brandon, if it's okay with you, I think that's it. Don't drink and scoot. Don't drink and scoot. I forget about that one. Anyway, everybody, uh, be safe, be kind, and good night.